Welcome, friends. I don't know about you, but I think we could all use a little hope and encouragement right about now. And what you're about to hear will not disappoint. As I mentioned in our last episode, we are in the process of building our Living in Hope podcast team. And I'm excited today to introduce y'all to our newest addition. Today, Emily is going to introduce you to he and his lovely wife, and then you'll get to hear them share some amazing experiences they have had and some serious lessons they have learned about following Christ. I can't wait for you to hear their fantastic story, so let's dive right in. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Living in Hope podcast. I'm Emily, and I'm super excited to be here today, especially because I get the pleasure to um, introduce John Getzinger, who's joining our podcast team. John and his lovely wife, Kathy, are here today to share their story with us and to introduce John. And yeah, we're really excited he's joining our team. It's going to be really, he's going to be a really fun addition to our team. So we're excited. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Awesome. Well, I would love it if you guys could just introduce um, us to everyone, introduce yourselves to everyone, introduce your family, who you are, what you do, all that. Okay. My name is Kathy Getzinger, and I have lived in the San Camino area all my life, and I am a mom of three kids, and let's see, I teach kindergarten, and what else? Well, uh, hi, I'm John. And, uh, I also, uh, am a teacher. Uh, I teach middle school and, uh, our three kids are aged 22, 19 and 16. Uh, our oldest is a flight attendant. Um, our son who is 19, he is, um, at a, uh, a Bible school in Texas and our youngest is 16. And, uh, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> That's awesome. And so you guys have a pretty unique story of um, teaching. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your teaching history and where you've been and what you've done. Yeah, well, we, um, we've we taught in the public schools for, wow, it's been like a long, long time. Long, long like, time. <laughs> like we've been teachers for 24, going on 24 years now. So it's been a while. But um, one of the really cool things that we got to do, we got the opportunity to do, is we went to uh, Sumatra, Indonesia, and taught at a school that was run by uh, the Chevron Oil Company, where it taught their um, employees uh, that, that had all come to this area uh, to work in the oil fields and, and in, their, um, in the industry, uh, their children. And it was a super... Um, transformative time in our, in our lives and in, in our, in our walk with Christ, um, during that time. And it was, it was just a really interesting, um, unique experience that kind of just changed the path of what we, what we do and, and kind of how we do it. And well, that was kind of out of character for us. I mean, it was one of those things that you just, we just did. Our kids were little, our youngest had just been adopted from China and she had only been home Two years. Yeah, two years when we left, and we just picked up and decided to move to the middle of the rainforest. Wow! So it was it was a an amazing experience. We loved living there and working there, and we learned a ton. And now our hearts are part of our heart is definitely still there. Yeah, it was. um, You know, like Kathy said, we were in the the rainforest. We had. Um, wild animals. We had monkeys, different, like three different kinds of monkeys that would come and like jump on your rooftops and oh be goodness. in your house. And, 
and uh, wild pigs and um, just it was it, it was amazing. It was um, it was just pretty special. And then um, beyond that, we got hooked up with an international church there um, that was really a unique experience to have all these people from different parts of the world um, coming in and worshiping Christ and just meeting those just people that have stayed our friends for all this time. We've been back for it was kind of a, a mix time, of like missionaries, years, yeah. um, employees of Chevron, um, nationals. So it's a really kind of an eclectic bunch of people that came together. And it was just so amazing how God worked, took us from Stanwood Camino and moved us all the way across the world to be part of his plan and to see how that unfolded. And that, and now looking back at it, is just his creativity just kind of blows me away. That's so cool. That's so cool. So I would love for you guys to each share um, a favorite memory of your time when you were there. Uh, love to hear what. Um, well, one of the things that happened while we were there is we got connected with an orphanage. Um, and just the whole story of how that we made this connection is just kind of crazy. And what had happened is they had come to our school and we had done uh, like a Christmas gift exchange thing. And so that was our initial meeting. And uh, John and I just, God laid upon our heart. He's like, you need to go, you need to go and see, see what's going on. And so we had talked to some of our missionary friends and they had arranged for us to deliver like a Christmas dinner. Cause in our minds that made total sense, right? We'll just take them dinner. And, um, so from there we loaded up everybody, the kids and into the Chevron van we go and we showed up at this, how would you describe it? Uh, it was in the middle of the city. So the city, <laughs> this, the city where the, the orphanage was, um, was about, it's about a million people. And so you're in kind of like this this uh just rough part of town it's just kind of chaos yeah. so if you imagine chaos and <laughs> <laughs> but and then you drop in a building in it and it's just yeah and the kids were there there was mold on the ceilings and the roof and well we walked in and it was just like one i think the thing that took our breath away was the joy like how of the kids, yeah. of the kids. i'm like in and the and this was the best that they could do at the time. And I I remember there being an open well in the middle of the floor when you first walked in and I, and and, they have toddlers, you know, and so, (laughs) and just like being taken back, but by just the conditions, but then what even took my breath away more. And I think both of us walked away with was the joy, like in the middle of this, like crazy, the conditions that like we would never allow to happen, there was happiness and joy and love and yeah. And it was, um, the director, um, his name is John Eddie and, uh, we can talk more about him in a little bit, but, but he, um, it was funny because he said, yeah, we prayed for you. And we were like, what you pray? He's like, yeah, we we prayed that we would have food for for Christmas and um and for and he said, you know, we have a book. I said, "Well, how do you guys normally get your food?" And he said, "Well, we just pray. We just pray and we have 
we have this book and people write their name down when they bring us donations of stuff. And that's, that's what they do. It's, it was just this, this thing like, holy cow. Um, I cannot believe that this is the way this works. You know, um, there's a governmental system in Indonesia for orphanages, but they're all, um, Islamic or orphanages. This one, um, was run by, uh, this, this Christian pastor and he just decided to take these street kids in and he, so they weren't getting money any other way. They were just getting donations and it was percent by faith. Yep. So that, that really shocked us into like, what are we, what have we been doing? (laughs) So anyway, I think it was kind of towards that time period that God began to open our eyes. We had prayed all along that God, we knew God had taken us there for a purpose, but we didn't know what that purpose was. And it was kind of at that, and it had almost been, it had almost been a year before that purpose was like Mm -hmm. brought to our attention. This is why I've brought you here. And, um, we walked away from that day knowing within hundred, I mean, hundred percent, we both knew God's got a plan from this point on our lives just changed at that moment. And one of the best, I think, stories was finding out because it was Christmas time. (laughs) So tell them the story about, so so we were at the, we were at the international church and, and, uh, we, the first year we were there, we came home for Christmas. And then that the second year we didn't, we decided to stay and we were just going to go on a little mini vacation just with our family and try to save some money. And we had this, we said, Hey, you know, we've got this big house that Chevron's, you know, that we're staying in on Chevron camp. I said, you know, why don't we have the church come over and we'll do our, our Christmas party there. And cause we had this big tree and, and, uh, you know, that we brought over with us. And, and so we wanted to feel like Christmas. And so we had the church over and then we were at church service that, that Sunday. And I think it was like going to be the next day. It was like Monday or something. And, and that's when Chris, the Christmas party was. And we saw one of the kids there and they said, I said, Oh, what are you guys doing for, for Christmas? And they said, Oh, we're going to uh, run by camp to a party. And we said, where's, oh, that, where's at? that at? And they said our address. And, we, <laughs> and, so, and so we didn't know at the, the time that they were going to be coming. coming over, but the, yeah, the, and so we had obviously all the, the, the members of the church, you know, it wasn't a gigantic church, but we had them. And then we had the, the, you know, the, the 25, 30 orphanage kids. And so we weren't planning for that many kids for food and all that stuff. And so at one point we'd had, you know, they, we'd gotten into our pantry. We were pulling out cereal. We were pulling out like all the treats that we'd had for our kids that we were just trying to just put out enough stuff. It's like everything got, there was nothing left when we, (laughs) but it was perfect. It was was, awesome. We had enough. Everybody left full and happy. And it was just another way that God showed like, Hey, Hold this on, is, here we go. This is what this is what it's all about. So But the best was our reaction when they were like, Yeah, we're going to Moranti. We're like, Moranti. And sure Which enough. Which is our neighborhood. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you were not prepared for that? We were not. We were well, we we got there. Yeah. But, it all worked out. That's but, awesome. So I mean that being like that connection with that orphanage, I mean, there's so many stories that come off that. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. That's so cool. Kind of on the same vein, um, what do you think for each of you was the biggest thing that God taught you while you were there? Maybe individually and together as a couple, like what did, what did God teach you? What did he work on in you while you were there? Well, you know, for me, 
kind of the biggest thing was just that he he's got it all figured out. You know, like we talk, we often talk in our, our Christian life about, you know, God's got a plan for you. Right. And, and there's, there's, he's got a plan and yet oftentimes we don't see it. Right. Because we want to see immediate results. We want to see exactly, um, what that plan is. And we don't know what that plan is. And for a long time, like you think you might have kind of an inkling or, or you might see glimpses of it. But when we went over there and, and it's continued all the way through our time back here. Um, his plan for us, at least in that aspect, I'm sure that there are more plans in the, in the offing for us. But um, one of his, his big things for us was to get connected with this orphanage, number one, to be a conduit for them to get what they need so that they can continue. They've grown um, into a much larger orphanage. There's stories of how they've stair-stepped from that little place um, that they were at that was so terrible to um, a, a different place. That, that And now they're in a full uh, a purpose-made orphanage that was built for them. And it's none of us through us. Like, like I don't want to say like, like we did that, but he chose us to be part of that. Be part of that. And to... And it just... It was, it was just a way to see his handiwork. Now that we look back on it, and at the moment, you're just stepping through doors. You're just going, all right, well, I guess we'll have everybody over for Christmas. Oh, I guess we'll just, you know, I guess we'll go over and take them some food. And I guess we'll help them. You know, they got this duplex that they mm-hmm. that was the house in between. And I guess we'll bring, you know, we'll, we'll run a work party to help get it ready for them so that they can bring the kids in. Um, but it was just doing those little things. And when you look back, you go, wow, that's a pretty crazy story and it was just that God's got a plan for us and and our plan is interwoven with this other group of people and that's I think one of the biggest things is just that our plan is not just about us it's about others and and helping others and them helping you and because all that we've done to help them they've helped us probably more oh, uh, for you know sure. they've, they've shown us Christ loves more than we could have shown them Christ loves so mm-hmm. that's it for me I think I think, you know, so many times through this process, we've realized we're a piece of a bigger puzzle Mm -hmm. and, you know, and to see God's creativity when we only get to see the teeny tiny piece, but all those pieces put together, make this magnificent picture and watching him take us from Stanwood. I'm going to use somebody in Stanwood to accomplish part of this picture is just amazing to me that care and detail in that. And I think one of the biggest things is I'm a micromanager of God. <laughs> I, I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, Hey God, I've got this plan, but I, you know, in case you don't, you know, you want to do it this way, then I can do this or that or this and removing me out of my culture, out of my support system, you know, and that's what he had to take me across the world evidently to do that. It just showed me that he's got that plan. It didn't take a strategic plan. It didn't take, it just took doing the next right thing. And one of the things that I walked away with, one of the moments I felt closest to God was we were, had helped the orphanage get into their first better housing, place, better, yeah. better place. And we were cleaning it and it was, you know, and you have to remember there's a difference kind of standard than what we think of and but it was beautiful and 
I mean, I'm in the bathroom cleaning a squatty potty, <laughs> and my flip-flops are melting because the cleaner is not, you know, probably... It's, not OSHA approved. No, it wasn't, it wasn't environmentally friendly. And, and I'm thinking, you know, this is the moment. I want to live in this moment right now because I feel God right next to me. Wow. You know, and, and it was like you removed all those distractions. And maybe it was some of the fumes. I don't know. But, <laughs> but God was like, you know what? This is what I made you for. And it was cleaning a squatty potty. You know, and I'm like, it just, I want to live my life in those moments. And if you just abandon what you think life needs to look like, you get more of those moments. And I think we walked away with kind of throwing our plan out the window. Um, and God has continued, you know, you think when we moved back, it was going to be done. And, and it wasn't. God started Daddy's Heart, which yeah. is the organization that we use to facilitate some of this and God has used that and continue to use that. And we fell in love with the Indonesian people and they've become some of our dearest, closest friends. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. Yeah. There's still a lot of things that, that they need, but it's, but again, they don't do, they don't do anything without prayerful consideration. They don't do anything where they, they, they make these plans. They're actually building a school. Like they are building a school on the property of the orphanage so that they don't have to send out the students to other schools because the government doesn't pay for their school because they're not in an, in an, a governmental orphanage. And they're not recognized. And they're not recognized as people. Yeah, there's there, there there's a lot of, there's a complicated system to their allowing people to, they have public school, but it's only if you have a specific identification card. So anyway, we could get down to that another time, but Um, they're building a school and they are doing it out of faith and they're building it as they get enough money. They have phases and they, and, and they just, they just pray for it. Um, and they just do it. Yeah. John Eddie, he never asks us for money, even though we, um, our, um, daddy's heart facilitates getting them money through church organizations and things like that. Um, they don't ask us for money. They just ask for prayer. And that's the coolest thing because, you know, they could easily say, Hey, I need this much money for this. And because this is what we're trying to do, they say, Hey, here's what our issues are. Could you just pray for us? And God always, always, always provides. It's amazing. He always, but it's in creative ways. It's not like what, you know, sometimes we're like, what? That's how, you know, and part of the new building, um, (laughs) the, the new building that they're in, they had prayed and God used in, yeah. So what happened was, um, there was one of the great things about John Eddie is that he's super well respected by the Indonesian people and by the Muslim people, because it's a, you know, hugely Muslim, um, country, but they, uh, they oftentimes are not fans of, of Christianity, but John Eddie is so caring and so giving and so honest that they call him pastor they call and they, they just respect him so much. So they recognize that he's different and that the kids that he puts out in the world that, that leave the orphanage are different. And so there was this Buddhist woman, uh, who had a lot of money and she'd heard about this, this guy. And so she'd gone and visited and saw how he treated the kids and how they were treated. 
And so she built them this orphanage. Wow. So and God used a Buddhist woman. Yes, in a Muslim country. <laughs> in a Muslim country to, to build, build a Christian, Christian orphanage. orphanage. And so it's just, you know, that none of that was through us. I no, mean, no. I mean, it, it's, it's all a God thing. And but so what's it's crazy. Amazing is he, John Eddie and Ibu Anna, which is his wife, which, which is his wife. Amazing woman. She's just the coolest person ever are raising up strong Christian leaders to go out and reach their own people. Wow. They yeah. saw value in what other people would throw away. And those kids are coming out biblically sound, educated, educated, speaking some English. Yep. All of them can speak some English, they, which is huge. He knows that they need something that um, will make them feel special and valued. And so music, they, they have a choir and they sing and they perform and they, they play, dance. they dance, they play instruments. And so like out of this, he's nurturing the next generation to go out and make a difference within their own country. That's has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God. That's God's creative plan on how he wants to reach out to the Indonesian people. That is so cool. I love that. I love hearing about that. So, I mean, we, I mean, we just have story after story yeah, after can... story, how God said, when you would, we just let go and said, I don't know what you're going to do here. Cause you know, and, and he's come through in ways that we have just like been awestruck. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it happens over and over and over again because they continuously go to him in prayer. Yep. Yeah, they don't, their standards of what, you know, Western standards of, of what's acceptable as far as like what you need to have, you know, material things. It's not, you know, that perfect life, the Instagram life that you see, nope. you know, or Facebook or any of those things. Nope. That's not what they live. And that's one of the biggest things that we've been able to take away is that um, if you just focus your energy on asking Christ what he wants to do in your life things will be better and, and, and big things happen. Don't you think the other thing would be finding joy in the moment you're in right now? Mm -hmm. Because they don't live in the moment of what's going to happen next time or what's going to be the next meal. They live in right now. And I'm like, we as American Christians really, really struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Because we think we need to look like the Instagram family or yep. whatnot. And when you just take all that away and it comes down to that rawness of what your relationship with Christ is supposed to look like, like there's enough joy. You don't need more. And so like, it's been a good reminder for me to, to just really hold on to what is true and meaningful in that relationship. Yeah. It's, um, and, and don't, and we get sucked back into that stuff oh. all the time. You know what I mean? As far as like, you know, they, they living, yeah. living in the world we live in, especially here right now, you know, at times we have to reground ourselves and like, okay, what are we doing? Why, why, yeah. are, why can't we just be more like them? You know, because they're, they're doing more of, of what Christ would want us to do. And that's what we need to, that's what we need to do. And so sure. and we don't do it nearly enough. But a little bit at a time. So, yeah. 
Um, so remind me, how long have you guys been back stateside now? We got back in 2012, so it's been about nine years, about our ninth year back. Yeah. We've so. done some trips back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. How, we, how long were you there for? Remind me. Three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we took uh, three groups um, of high, on mission, school. high school kids on mission trips back um, three subsequent years. Uh, and then we were actually planning to do another one. Um, and then COVID hit. Oh, so we yeah. were actually planning to go back. Um, one of the nice things when we were able to do those, we still had a lot of people that lived on the Chevron camp mm-hmm. and they um, allowed us to stay in their their facilities because they're, you know, staying on that camp. It was there was security. It was protected. It was, you know, we felt really safe there. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we don't necessarily feel safe in other parts of of uh, Sumatra. Uh, in the city, but it was just nice to have that sort of protection, especially when you're taking high school kids. Mm -hmm, Um, so, you know, but we are thinking about doing another one. Um, we have to get back. We have to get back. I mean, obviously COVID's got to dial back a little bit because it's pretty crazy right now, um, there specifically, but maybe even next summer and maybe doing a more, uh, adult oriented one. Uh, if there's people that are interested in doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's really cool. Um, and it's, uh, but because we wouldn't be on the Chevron camp, we'd be able to be, we'd have to do hotels and things like that, which are fine. They're hotel, they have to have nice hotels and things like that. So anyway, that's really cool. So now that you're home and you're, you've talked a little about this, you've talked about this a little bit, kind of what God's been teaching you since you've been home, but what's one thing that you feel like God has really taught you being back here, um, after having had that time? Well, I think since we've been back, um, the biggest thing is, is patience, I think, because when you're there, it's, it's funny. It's kind of like the wild west. You can kind of do whatever you want. Like you can get things done quickly. The, the, the bureaucracy, the red tape, the, I mean, there is a lot of red tape for certain things, but for, but for just, if you decide you want to do something, you just go ahead and do it. You can get it done. You know, like there's not a lot of rules about how things have to happen, um, unless you're trying to work specifically through the government. Um, but things move a lot slower here, um, when it comes to that sort of thing. And so because of that, um, you know, we want to get stuff done right away and we were able to get a lot of stuff done right away when we were there, but the farther away you are from the situation, um, and it doesn't just apply to that. It's like just patience and everything things we have to wait on God's timing. And we obviously had to wait a long time to figure out what his timing or what he wanted us to do. And that's the same sort of thing is true here. So anyway, I think with COVID too, is you just kind of had to, I'm very logical and I'm very linear and the world was chaotic in me, you know, around me. I couldn't make it make sense in the fixed fit into my nice little boxes. Um, which I know God's still working on me that I don't need boxes, but I think, The biggest thing I think is just God's really working on me on being intentional, even here where like John's totally right. Like in some ways it was easier to work in Indonesia than it is here in the States Mm -hmm. because there's so much, you have to be so careful about how you say things and who you say things to. And, you know, we work in the public schools and so there's lots going on in the public schools right now. There's lots of change and there's lots of rumors of change and just trusting God that he's got a plan in that. And, but being in the moment. So when I'm in my classroom or I'm at the grocery store, you know, am I reflecting that joy 
that I saw in those kids mm-hmm. because it's easy here to lose your joy. Oh yeah. And I think, you know, more than hope for me, it was like joy is mm-hmm. what I've been just like going after. And so, you know, I think that's been finding that yeah. again. Yeah. And finding it in the little things like, it, you know, it's not on the trips. It's not in the, I mean, although I do love trips, we do love trips, <laughs> but, but it's just in, in the everyday, you're right, Kathy, in the everyday moments, um, you gotta just be happy where you're at. So, yeah. And then trusting that he's got these kids again, he doesn't need us. Yeah. He's going to provide for them, even though if they're far, far away from this, I mean, they're always on our hearts and we've watched him through this time period where you think that like people would be pulling back support and God has just used people beyond what we even imagine. I mean, like he continually answers in yeah. the, the yeah. craziest ways and, and, you know, through daddy's heart, you know, we don't only work with, you know, the orphanage. We also have some outreach with some of the, you know, the Muslim people that we are working with and, and doing some stuff with them too, about just helping them get through life and trying to show them Christ's love so that, and we always put a plug in there. Like, you know, we didn't do this. This is, this is God. This is Jesus. Um, because we don't ever know what planting that seed is going to do. That's not up to us. That's, that's up to the Holy Spirit. It's and so just a piece of the puzzle, Yeah, you know, and, and we don't see how that little piece is going to become a bigger picture, you know, and we got to trust that. That's awesome. Well, the one question we always ask everyone at the end of the podcast is what does hope mean to you? So, uh, for each of you, what would you say hope means to you? We ask this to, of every guest that we interview because the living in hope podcast <laughs> makes sense. Hope for me, hope is that God's got this all figured out. In the craziness of what's happening in the world, none of this is a surprise to him. And it's all going to be used someday to glorify him. And 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 I just have to trust that process. So my hope is that God's got this. I don't have to. So you're going to have to remind me again because <laughs> in about 15 minutes I'll need it again. Right? <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it's, it's along those same lines, actually, um, the verse that I, I go back to, and it's, um, it's just something that in this time, I mean, it's, it's from the Bible and then it's, it's from the words of Jesus. And so it's applicable at all times, but I think, you know, right now COVID people being, you know, just frustrated and, and the kind of the year that we've had, but it's, it's Matthew six twenty six and it says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value value than they? And so, you know, that just kind of says it all for me, and it kind of goes along with what we've been talking about. Um, these kids that have been forgotten, God's still taking care of them. Yep. You know, they were forgotten by society. These people that um, are dealing with all these issues that we're seeing in our society today. They're not forgotten. God did not forget them. Um, you know, if they only reach out to him, he'll, he can heal them. He can make it better. Um, and, and that's kind of what we have to remember too, just even in our lives, even though we are Christians, we allow ourselves to get sidetracked and, and, uh, just remembering that he's got us. That's the biggest thing. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad you guys were able to be here today. John, I'm so excited that you're joining our team. Yeah, me too. Thanks. You'll be getting to hear John's voice here doing some interviews in the future. And 
he's going to be a great addition. So we're really excited. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. thanks so much, you guys. Well, I told you, they have a great story. John and Kathy's experiences of letting go of their own expectations and experiencing God's mighty provision and his incredible handiwork both challenges me and brings me much hope. God has a plan for each of us. We just have to get out of the way sometimes and be willing to surrender our own agenda and trust him with what comes next. Hey, I hope this episode has lifted your spirits today and brought you some hope. If you'd like more information on the Daddy's Heart ministry that John and Kathy shared about today, we've attached a link in the description. As always, remember to share this podcast with your friends. Keep tuning in and live in hope. See you in two weeks for another fantastic story of God's goodness.